You're listening to Golden State of Mindcast. This is part two of our game preview between the Warriors and the Spurs. If you haven't checked out part one, be sure to do so. Uh, here we've got Michael Erler from PoundingTheRock.com asking us a few questions of his own about uh, about the Warriors and the Spurs. Do you have some questions for us as well? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, I guess my first question is, uh, when you guys watch, obviously, the Warriors play every game, and uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how terrified are you about uh, Stephen Curry's ankles while you watch a game? I mean, what's it like watching a Warriors game with you know as a Warriors fan? Oh, man, I mean, well, yeah, last night... Uh, the, against the Timberwolves, um, he was uh, inbounding. I'm, sh- I'm sure everybody's listening to this. Watch this, but uh, he he was inbounding, inbounding the ball. Ricky Rubio uh, reached around him and uh, and kind of fell over on on his leg and uh, and kind of pinned his his foot and his ankle to the ground for a moment. And and Steph got up and you know was was really limping around. And I'm saying, oh no, not again! Oh, I thought this was over last year. I was pretty comfortable. I, I mean, every time it looks like. Steph might, um, you know, be running into problems, and, and he kind of he lands gingerly or something. It, that that terror does spark in in your mind, and you say, "No, this can't happen again." Like I thought we were through this. I thought the brace that he has is uh, is helping him out. So, uh, on a scale of one to ten, uh, if if it looks like he tweaks it, it it just jumps to eleven immediately. Like <laughs> as I'm watching the game, I, I don't really think about it too much. But as soon as he lands, I'm like, oh no, God, no, 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 no. Because we uh, obviously we we really need him, and uh, the backup situation with, with Tony Douglas instead of Jarrett Jack, Jack is yeah. um, it hasn't really panned out yet. And I, I th- you know, t- Tony is is a great defender, um, and I think that he he's going to be able to score uh, better than he's shown and hit more uh, more threes. Uh, but it does. He's not very comfortable as um, as kind of a, a lead guard on this team yet. And uh, and, and last night, uh, very quickly, Jackson went to to Iguodala as the backup point guard, and, and we didn't really see Tony Douglas for a while on the court. And instead, Jackson went big. He had Iguodala at the one, and uh, um, you know I think uh, Draymond Green was in there, and Clay was in there, of course, just lighting it up. And, uh, and for a while, Harrison was in there. And, and so, so you had this, this, everybody on the court was 6'6 or taller, and, and that really seemed to work. And Iguodala, you know, looked great running the point. So it, it, I think it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's too worried about Jack um, being missing and, and not being out there and having the, you know, the kind of uh, type A alpha dog uh, thing that, that, that he did sometimes, often to the team's detriment. Um, I think that Iguodala is going to be fine as the backup point guard, and then you know Tony Douglas, he's either got to come around, um, start playing better, or he's not going to see more than uh, you know five ten minutes a game. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bob Myers started looking for another point guard. Frankly, I think the issue is that you know with Iguodala and Clay Thompson able to handle the ball too a little bit, you know I, I think it's not necessarily a straight you know <laughs> Douglas for for Jack replacement. I think they have other options this year. And I think, like you just described, like when when Curry goes down, they're going to have they're going to use a number of options, and Douglas will be among them. But I, I would doubt that they'd even start with Douglas. When, I mean, Barnes is back now; they could easily start with uh, you know Iguodala, Thompson, uh, and Barnes, and go with that, and then have those two handle the ball and bring Douglas in off the bench. So, you know, I I think I think that'll be I think that will work itself out pretty well. 
Wow, I I hadn't even considered that the idea of uh, Iguodala as a point guard. That's just terrifying to me as a sports fan. I don't I, I don't want I don't want any part of that. Um, but yeah, I mean I've I've long equated watching uh, Spurs games these past few years like watching NFL games where basically you know you're, you're kind of watching with your one hand you know covering your eyes you, you know going no because like it, you know you're always one play away to the star quarterback from the season being over. And that's kind of like watching the Spurs are with Ginobili being injury prone and, you know, Duncan's age and Parker and what have you. And uh, and uh, I, I just thought maybe there was like a kinship there between Spurs fans and Warriors fans where you're like always like one play away. And and uh, But it sounds like you guys have a pretty good uh, perspective on it. You're not too worried about things. I just said but, that on a scale of 1 to 10, I was 11. So, I, I, yeah, no, yeah. There, are, there is some concern. <laughs> yeah, there, there's okay. some, I, I think, you know, I would say he's not very worried, like, as the action is happening. I think I'm always at a 7. Yeah, I, okay. I think because seven. in terms of the in, in terms of the ankle uh, itself, like every time he lands, and he's you know he does it sometimes. Like Ivan says, like sometimes he lands gingerly and kind of like takes a second to reorient himself before going back the other direction. And it's like this stuff happens so arbitrarily that it's hard to it's hard to ever feel confident that he, that, that thing is not going to give out on him. But in terms of replacing uh, replacing him, uh, I think that I think they have a roster. If he's out for a few games at a time, I think I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I think personally, I'm like at a steady uh, 9.8 when I watch live games. But uh, I, I, I like to watch them on DV. I like to watch them on DVR when I know nothing bad happened, and I can just watch the game without that stress. But uh, okay, so I'll move on to something else. Since we were talking about Iguodala, um, has he been what you expected? Has he been better than you thought? Has he underwhelmed you at all in any way? I mean, that that behind the back pass was way more <laughs> than I ever expected. So, uh, right. I, I mean, so I, I think he's been. So for me, at least, I, I think he's been way better than I, I thought he would be. I mean, the, the threes he hit against Philadelphia was not the kind of performance I expected from Andre Iguodala, and that's because it was, you know, a career high. I think the key with him is he could get even better over the course of the season, right? I mean, he's he's already kind of trying to gel with the team, and once he actually gels, we're five games in, plus preseason, and Barnes is just coming back. So once this whole team gels, I mean, we could be seeing better things especially with the ball handling part. I mean, the turnovers were something Nuggets fans sort of warned us about, uh, and that can be frustrating at times. But I think once he figures out who who needs the ball where and exact all the timing gets worked out, I think this team is going to be amazing, and he's going to be an amazing part of it. And you're already seeing a lot of that. I mean, there, there certainly are going to be the turnovers as much as he handles the ball, and he takes some he takes some risks with uh, with his passes, um, and, you know, especially like in that situation last night where he's being guarded by smaller guys, uh, you know, there's a bigger chance of him getting picked. But uh, the, the thing I noticed, I mean, aside from the, the, the crazy uh, seven uh, threes made game, is that otherwise, oftentimes you don't really notice him but but in a really good way, in a, in a way that that you know what you notice is that your team isn't giving up easy baskets. Um, your your team is really moving the ball on offense. Uh, he's he's kind of uh, always in the right place. He he cuts really well without the ball. Um, he finds guys who are cutting without the ball. Uh, he just kind of he 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 sees things really well. He, he facilitates both the offense and defense, even if he specifically doesn't seem to be doing much. Um, the, the the offense so far has just run smoothly, and and the defense has been terrific, and and you know a lot of that is just you know he he's in the right spots on on team defense as well, and and just making it a lot easier for for everybody. So um, yeah, I you know he's he's my everything. I I, I <laughs> Iguodala is is just going to be and and like like Nate said, he's 
he hasn't really gelled with the guys so much yet. And you already see these just terrific passes between him and David Lee. They seem like they really already kind of, because of their high basketball IQ, um, on offense at least, uh, you know, are, are really working well together. So he's just a great glue guy, um, and, and I think it'll only get better. So yeah. he's, to, he's to you what uh, Kawhi Leonard is to us, where you want to get an apartment with him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just want to hang out, have a yeah. beer, yeah. pick his brain. <laughs> I thought from the second that you guys traded for Iguodala, I mean, I, I love the trade for the Warriors. I thought he was a perfect fit for you guys. I mean, I, I, I compare him a, a lot of ways to, you know, Leonard for the Spurs, except Iguodala is a better passer. And he does, the thing I like about it is he doesn't have to get score a point to be effective for you guys. You know, he gives you defense, he gives you rebounding, he gives you energy. And it's almost like whatever scoring he does, you know, gives you as a bonus. And, you know, I think in a situation where he doesn't have to score, it's going to be a lot, you know, a mo lot uh, more effective for him than some of the situations he was in in the past where, you know, he had to look for a shot sometimes. And I think that kind of hurt his overall game. And I'm just curious how it's going to shake out in the end between him and Harrison Barnes and David Lee and Clay Thompson. And what do you think uh, the Warriors' uh, crunch time lineup is going to be like going into a playoffs? Yeah, my take is uh, Iguodala has to be out there um, at, at crunch time, obviously, uh, because it does give us another ball handler, um, and, and the defense, the, the perimeter defense is just so great. And I think you're absolutely right that it, this is a great situation for him because he doesn't have to take those big shots, although I think that he's fine doing it, and he, he has enough experience in, in kind of being the man at, at end of games that he can if he needs to, and I think that's great. And I, I don't think we're going to miss Jared Jack so much from that, again, for, for that kind of alpha dog mentality. I think that Andre, you know, will be fine um, if he needs to. But because he doesn't always need to, it's going to just kind of free him up to do a lot of those uh, uh, those smaller things. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I think that uh, at least this is what I, what I want to see. As, as much as Bogut is the second most important player on this team. I think we're going to see a lot of, of, of small lineups toward end of games um, that, uh, that have Barnes at the, at the four and probably Lee at the five. And maybe instead it'd be Bogut at the five. And really, you know, that might be better ultimately. Um, but, but I think that you're going to have all of those wings out there with, with really good length on the perimeter um, uh, you know, and, and, and enough speed and uh, explosion to, you know, to score those baskets at the end of games that, that you need to and have enough, have enough weapons um, on the perimeter to, you know, any of those guys can take that last shot. And I hope that it's going to be Curry and I hope that it's going to be Clay Thompson. Um, but uh, it could be Iguodala as well. Um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think a lot of it really is going to be you know, people keep asking this question of what's the what the final lineup is going to be at the end of games, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on matchups. You know, if if small ball is the matchup that they can really ex uh, find a matchup to exploit, then I think they're going to go ahead and go with that. And you know, you mentioned length and speed and scoring. I mean, a lot of it is just spacing. I mean, that's what it was against the Nuggets last year in the playoffs, and even those games that beat against the Spurs, they they beat the Spurs in that series. It was it was really a thing about you know how do you guard those shooters. Plus, you know, if you have if you throw Lee in there at the five, as, as Ivan was saying, you know, how do you got his ability to shoot as well uh, with a Stephen Curry on the court, you know? And, and Barnes was kind of just Barnes was able to pick his spots and take advantage of that spacing in those matchups, and it, it worked out. So, you know, again, that's why I think the Jack situation is just not really 
a, a huge thing to me. I think we'll have to see how it works out. One thing I, I am maybe, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see is uh, whether this look, this becomes a team where everybody's just kind of looking at each other, looking to take the big shot. Okay. Um, that can happen with a team that's talented. But right now, I think, you know, we just saw Barnes last night, and he came out right away hitting shots and looking confident. I think the, the biggest thing to me is what, how, how Jackson manages these rotations in the game. Um, how he gets everybody minutes, how he makes sure that those top six players they have um, mix in with the with the bench players um, to make sure everybody gets rest, especially, you know, Bogut is going to have to get some rest. Um, and I think if you have a Barnes back, you could you could easily put two to three starters out there for the entire game. And that's that's huge for this team, I think. Well, let me just say again, as a Spurs fan, I am all for uh, David Lee at the five. <laughs> if you have any pull with Mark Jackson, you can make that happen. I'm, I'm all for that. And uh, as speaking of Mark Jackson, I'm just wondering uh, what you guys think of him so far, and uh, if you've noticed any differences in his coaching style, and uh, if you think he'll be affected at all, positively or negatively, by losing his top two assistants. Well, I, uh, you know, when Jackson was hired, uh, I was definitely kind of a, a non-believer. But I was more worried about, um, you know, the fact that he was underqualified. He kind of had that ex-player thing uh, going where, where, you know, you realize he hasn't coached at all. Um, what, what's he even doing here? And we, we need somebody with experience. Uh, but we had done that before and it failed, so... Um, at this point, I, I really have no concerns going forward. Uh, you know, I think that Mike Malone, it sound, you know, it, there were kind of rumors that he was the X's and O's guy, and, and without him, Jackson wouldn't, wouldn't know how to scheme at all. And I just don't think that's, that's the case because they have enough other good assistants. And clearly it hasn't hurt them yet this season. I mean, the, the, the defensive scheme that they had in place last year is still in place this year. They're playing better defense because they've got better personnel and healthy bodies. Uh, guys have lost a lot of weight. Uh, Bogut is, is, is trimmer and he's healthy. Uh, Draymond Green is healthier. And, of course, you have Andrea Iguodala. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm not concerned. I don't have any concerns about Jackson. I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, I don't want to sound too much like a homer, but like he, you know, I, I don't know where you find fault other than he kind of tests rotations every so often that that don't make so much sense, and it feels like he's kind of probing to to find like a bench unit that that uh, that's going to gel well, or, or maybe even just wants to say, okay, we tried that, it didn't work. Let me cross that off the list and and, and go to something else. He's done that the last couple of seasons. And uh, in the first half of those seasons, uh, you know, you see some just really oddball uh, groups uh, of five on the court. And you're saying, this isn't working. This isn't working, Jack. You're like, everybody knows it's not working. Why are you doing it? And then by the end of the season, he's not doing it anymore. And, uh, and they're playing much better. So I don't know if it's like a process of elimination. But um, that, I guess that's the, the one thing that, that uh, kind of makes me scratch my head. But I don't think that losing the assistance has hurt them. Um, they brought in Lindsey Hunter, who I guess you know might be a, an adequate assistant going forward as well. Um, so yeah, I've 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 been super happy so far with this season, and uh, you know I don't really have any reason to, to to doubt him at this point, honestly. Yeah, and, and I think you know a lot a lot of coaching is tested in the in the postseason as well, um, and you know he coached the team to the second round, the sixth game of the second round, and it was pretty impressive I mean, he, he got that team there. He outcoached George Carl, and I think yeah. that was pretty much uh, you know, accepted as, as fact that he yeah. just coached a better game than, than George Carl in that series. Yeah, 
And, and so yeah. I think it's hard at this point. It's kind of, and then you take that plus the start of his season. I think it's really difficult to question him. But so much. I mean, we can see down the line. Like, yeah, there's going to be an issue of how you manage that top six. I, I think there's no question about that. Um, it gives you a ton of lineup options, right? I mean, you can put two or three of those players at, at two or three different positions. So you're going to have to play with the with the, the configuration and function of those players. But uh, I'm pretty sure you get 82 games. They'll work that out. They'll figure out how it works. And with the bench as well, they'll figure out how those rotations work. But I think the thing, you know, I, I think Ivan's right that the rotations get kind of annoying at, at times. But you got to look at it. I think one of the reasons guys keep saying they love playing for this guy is that he puts so much faith in his players. You know, he didn't, he didn't come out and say, he didn't come out and look at the benches we did out of the preseason and say, these guys can't play more than two minutes at the end of a quarter. He said, no, I'm going to give these guys a shot. And if they, blow, if they you know, blow 20 points in the fourth quarter against Philly in a blowout, well, then you know what? I'm going to let these guys have it. I'm going to hold them accountable. And I think that's what guys like about him. Um, I think his, his ex-player uh, background is, is a huge asset for him. He knows how to use that, and he knows how to um, instill confidence in his players. And that's at this level, that's, that's really, you know, there is teaching going on. I don't want to negate that part. But at this level, I mean, a lot of it really is um, management of personalities and, and inspiring guys, giving them confidence. And I think he's, I, I, I'm not going to say where he ranks in the league, but it, there probably isn't that, aren't that many coaches better than him at inspiring guys. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that's all you can ask for. Yeah, they definitely respond to him. And, and he did, um, after that Sixers game, he, he really lashed out against them even publicly. And, and you're going, oh, man, I wonder if this is how this is going to work. But but I'm, he, I'm sure he pulled them aside as well talk to them about um, what they could do better and, and, and did inspire them. And they played a lot better. That that, that bench had a great game uh, yeah. yesterday against the Timberwolves where the, you know, the, it was kind of – they were kind of playing even with the with the Wolves in the first quarter. For the most part, Wolves were, were shooting just – they were just on fire. And then as soon as the bench came in, they uh, – um, not only did they did they play good defenses, they, you know, they, they should. And that's been their, their, uh, their custom practice. But – um, but they started hitting shots, and uh, you know it seemed like they they knew that they needed to after the, those last couple of games where they were really really under underperforming. So uh, that was great to see, and and I you know I think it is partially a testament to to Jackson and his ability to uh, to to inspire them and, and get them going. Well, it's certainly uh, like you said, it's really hard hard to fault anything he's done this year so far. The Warriors have looked absolutely fantastic. I think uh, as far as last year goes. Um, I, I think he kind of took flack for playing uh, Stefan Curry a little too much, and uh, and also I think uh, he didn't really have seem to have a counter for once uh, the Spurs put a uh, um, Danny Green on Curry and put a uh, Kawhi Leonard on a uh, Clay Thompson. He didn't seem to have much of a counter for that, and I think he took some flack for that. But uh, as far as the team's first round series against Denver, I actually picked the Warriors to win that series because uh, I've never really been a fan of uh, George Call. I always thought he was one of the most overrated coaches. I thought you know he's some guy. He's somebody that you send a limo for to make sure he arrives to the stadium on time huh. in a playoff series. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the Spurs always had their way with those Denver teams, and I, I kind of just—I've uh, always—I I, for some reason I just thought the Warriors would the matchups would really work out in their favor, and they did. I don't know if they got lucky that uh, Lee got hurt or not. I think maybe, maybe that could have helped them. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I wonder the about are a serious contender this year. That that Spurs in that Spurs matchup, I, I think, and maybe this is. Um, you know the the good and the bad of Jackson is that to a degree he uh, like Nate said he really trusts his players and uh, you know he lets them work it out a lot and, and if it's not working out he'll let them know but 
but you know, I, I think that there was was some trust in in uh, Curry and, and Thompson that like, you know, we we know that you guys are great players. You're going to get through this against these defenders that they you know that they put on you or, or, or Curry and uh, yeah and um, and Barnes as well when uh, when Kawhi took him out. You know, it's 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 like you know, just just play your game. We think you're going to get through this, and it didn't work out. And I, I do think part of that was, you know, Curry was just not healthy in uh, toward the end of that series. Uh, he was really, really struggling, um, and and other other areas of the court they were struggling as well with uh, uh, with with Bogut being hurt as well. So, um, I you know I think that it, there weren't too many things that he could do at that point to um, uh, you know to try differently, um, and. But even if even if there were some things he could try, he he rather puts his his faith in his players and saying, you know, you, you guys are going to either pull this out or or you're not, and we're going to lose. But that's fine because you know that's uh, you know that's the kind of team we are. We just uh, you know go forward and, and, and trust each other. So it sounds all really really corny when I'm saying it, but uh, you know it, it it seems like it's worked so far. And you know now that there's there's Iguodala on the team. It's that whole situation is going to be a lot easier because he does have more things to to experience, experiment with, uh, and still be able to you know trust just trust in the talent basically. I just hope he doesn't kind of like turn into a Mike D'Antoni where he only plays seven guys and he runs them out there to death and you know he has more of a rotation. But uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah. But I guess uh, my last question would be about Andrew Bogut and uh, what you guys thought of that extension. Whether you thought it was necessary, where you thought it was like a good deal or was something it had that you know the team thought they had to do to prevent Bogut from being kind of a malcontent in the locker room, you know, on a lame duck contract. You know, I, I so I I struggle with the idea that they shouldn't have done that, and I I think a lot of a lot of the reason for me is that you know Bogut when he's healthy defensively is a monster. I mean, you're not going to find many centers in the league who are going to anchor the paint like he can. And a lot of it really is just the, the intangibles, the instincts. He sees the floor extremely well defensively. I mean, we don't talk about defensive court vision much, but he has it. I mean, and he has the ability to, to make sure to direct other players to get them in the right spots. So you, there are a few players in the league I'd rather have at five defensively. And I think, yes, maybe it's a risk because he, maybe he you know, tweaks the ankle again. Something else happens. Some other freak accident happens. And, you know, he's out for a long period of time. But, you know, the contract they gave him, uh, 36 million for a center of that caliber, and we're seeing what he can do right now. Um, I, I just think the fit on this team defensively, plus his ability to pass the ball and, and fit with them offensively and help being an alternate facilitator, uh, they're they're not going to find another fit like that in the league, and it's worth the gamble if you if you really want to make a run in a championship, you got to take a risk sometime. You know, you're not going to do it by playing it safe. This gives them a little bit of of leeway to to put make a two year window where everybody's still together and and say we're going to take a real make a real run of the t- title and we'll worry about the future when it comes and I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I think there's a, a little bit too much made of the of the uh the length and size of this contract and and how it might hamper them. I think, you know, if you want a championship this is what you got to do and look, if he gets the if he gets all the incentives and it ends up being 42 million or 43 million uh, that means we got an all WNBA all NBA center, right? Right. So, whatever. I mean, that's good. So, yeah, and you also have to look at you know what what the alternatives were really. Um, if you know if if they let Bogut walk, um, then the, they have a glaring hole at center, and they're going to be looking for somebody like Bogut next year yeah. if they if they want to continue to 
um, you know, to, to actually compete for, for uh, you know, title of the Western Conference or even the championship, it, it's, it's, you know, super important for them to, to have that defensive anchor, um, really, like in, in almost any team, unless you've got LeBron. And, uh, and you know, once they, once they signed Iguodala and there wasn't, you know, the, this, this dream that, you know, I always had of, oh, man, they're going to have all this money to, to throw at LeBron. Like, maybe we can do it. Steph and LeBron's going to be crazy. Uh, you know, th- that was always a pipe dream, and, uh, and, and that door shut, and, and that was fine because we, we at that point, um, you know, had Iguodala and have this team that can compete for in, in the Western Conference. Um, and so for once, you know, I think that saying – uh, you know, let's let's overpay our the players that we have because there's nothing better out there in the free agent market. Um, we've said that a lot over the last 12 years, and it's almost always just been an awful idea. And uh, and for once, you know, I think it I think it makes a lot of sense um, because of how this team is constructed. It's it's good enough to make noise. And, uh, and to your question about whether uh, him being a lame duck malcontent. Um, in the locker room is a concern. Honestly, for me, yeah, I, he's a, he's the kind of guy who's outspoken, and he doesn't hold back. Um, and you know, if he he does that when he's been paid, so I, <laughs> you know, if he right. hasn't been paid, like uh, I don't, he might be a a, a a tricky guy. I don't think he wouldn't. It's, he's not one of those dudes that that wouldn't give effort, but he, you know, he's he's able to make things uncomfortable. So I think that that um, that is a. I don't think that that was a, a motivation uh, for for Myers to, to to pull the trigger on that, but it was certainly um, kind of a, a nice benefit of, of getting him on board early, and uh, and then we can just go on about our business. Jackson Landry's did say, I mean, they left, but they they did say that you know this is one of the the best locker rooms they've ever been a part of, you know, and and Jackson's a part of that, but the chemistry among the guys is part of that, and that's part of why Ego Dollar came. You know, he he wanted to be part of this whatever special is happening here, he wanted to be part of it. And I think we, when you get something to that point, you just, you're going to have to pay a premium to keep it around um, long enough to win a title. And, you know, I, I think it's hard to say right now how close this team is to a title, especially when you got LeBron uh, in the East. But, I mean, this is, this is a very, very, we've already seen now, you know, before the season was speculation, this is a very, very, very good basketball team. And uh, I have no qualms about keeping it together for whatever window you can to make sure you can get the most out of it. Do you think uh, Bogut ever gave the team any kind of indication where, you know, either you sign me now or there's zero chance you have of signing me after, you know, once the regular season starts? I, I, don't, I think that's hard to say. I think he, he did say in the interview with Tim Kawakami that, you know, it's, you know, it's a business and he's got to he's got to look out for himself just like the Warriors look out for them themselves. But I, I don't think we have any real uh, public indication of, of, of that, you know. And you know it was nice that that um, that he accepted a really a, a contract that um, was based largely on incentives. I mean, there is a lot of money on the table that that really does depend on um, on his health, and and the, the health was always the issue. You know, that's the reason why you wouldn't want to sign him at the beginning of the season because you want to see if he right. can hold up. And uh, and and I think a little bit of that concern is negated by the. Uh, um, by you know taking money off the table and putting it into incentives um, and. You know, I, I think that was a really smart move by by uh, the GM Bob Myers, and uh, um, and I'm really happy that that uh, that Bogut was willing to buy into that as well. Yeah, that's fair. They didn't they didn't go full uh, Stoudemire on him. So, <laughs> <with them. laughs> 
Oh so, boy, I'm really glad that that we didn't end up with that mess, um, <laughs> and it was it was really close. But hey, um, we uh, we're all out of time. You know, it should be a great game tomorrow. Really looking forward uh, to the matchup against the Spurs. Um, hoping that the Warriors can finally pull out a regular season victory in San Antonio. We didn't talk about that, but it's been since 1997, I think, uh, since since we won in the regular season against the Spurs. So. That's uh, that's an insane uh, stat number, uh, and and I I really hope that um, that we see a good game tomorrow, and uh, and you know if the Warriors can pull it out, that's great. But uh, you know I don't want to talk too much about that since we've got Michael on here. Um, I'd be willing to make that trade right now. You guys can have a regular season game down there as long as you promise not to get any playoff games down there. <laughs> Can't make no that deal. promise. <laughs> no deal. All right, hey, I want to thank Michael for coming on with us today. Um, be sure to check out his stuff at poundingtherock.com and, uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Michael Erler SBN, is that right? Yes. Okay, awesome. And uh, of course, also be sure to follow Nate. He's at Nate P underscore SBN and I'm at Ivan BE, but if you only follow two out of three, uh, I'm totally, uh, I'm game with that. Hey, read more about this matchup against the Spurs uh, and more, of course, at goldenstateofmind.com as well as poundingtherock.com. Thanks for tuning in to Golden State of Mindcast. We'll talk to you soon.